What's up, Red Rocks Church? You sound good. Hey, if you're visiting with us, uh, no matter what campus you're at, whether it's one of our Denver campuses, one of the God Behind Bars campuses, Brussels, Belgium, wherever you're at, I want you to know this. We are just a bunch of messed up, imperfect people who love to get together on the weekends and pursue a perfect God together. So we're so glad that you're with us. No matter what you got going on, whether you feel like I've never been closer to God than I am right now, or whether you feel like I'm on the opposite of that and I've never felt farther from God, no matter what you've got going on, you're welcome here, you're accepted here, you're loved here, and we are so glad that you're with us today. So welcome to Red Rocks Church. If you have a Bible, flip open to John chapter 4. We are going to look again at a scripture. We started looking at this scripture a couple weeks ago. We're going to go back to this scripture. It's a scripture where we see Jesus having a conversation with a Samaritan woman at a well. Speaking of men and women having conversations, isn't it interesting that And I'll just say some. This applies to some people, not all. So if it's not you, you don't have to get mad. You don't have to even send an email. All right? Some, sometimes, isn't it true that you could put a man and a woman, you sit them both down at the same table, ask them about the exact same event. So you tell me exactly what happened. And the woman will use 500 or more words to tell you what happened. And the man will tell you about the exact same event in five words or less. Is that true? Is that just my house? That happens all the time in my house. I give my wife one word answers and in my mind, we just had a great conversation. (laughs) And she hates one word answers. I'll come home and she'll be like, babe, how was your day? I'm like, good. And she just stands there like, and? And I just stand there like, I don't understand. (laughs) We just had a great moment. Like we're really connecting. And I'm pretty easy to decode. Like, I have three answers, great, good, and fine, right? And if she says, babe, how was your day? And I go, great. That means, ah, it's pretty good, glad to be home. We done here? <laughs> That's what great means. Babe, how was your day? I go, good. That means that some of it was good and some of it was, was bad, and honestly, I don't want to relive it. <laughs> That's what good means. And if she says, babe, how was your day? And I go, Fine. That means I'm thinking about changing careers. That's what that, that's what fine means, all right? So a couple years ago, I had went golfing with Chad, and that's probably the last time I went golfing because it takes like five hours to go golfing, and I have a job. So, um, so, so anyways, we were golfing, and I come home, and Jill meets me at the door, same thing. She's like, babe, how was golfing with the guys? You know what I said. Good. And, and she's just like, oh. she goes, how was Chad and Rachel's trip? They had just been on a trip, got home the night before. How was Chad and Rachel's trip? I said, good. <laughs> She's like, Ugh. she goes, well, what did they do? And I go, I don't know. <laughs> she goes, weren't you just with him all day? I'm like, yeah. Well, didn't you sit in a golf cart with him for like hours? Yeah. And you didn't ask him about his trip? I said, babe, we talked about the trip. She said, well, what'd they do? What'd he say? I said, Chad, how was the trip? He said, good. I said, cool. (laughs) That's what I know. (laughs) Today's message can be summarized in five words. This is good news. Here's the five words. Pain, 
prison, power, platform, purpose. Because I care, they all start with the same letter, so you can remember them. You ever listen to pastors and wonder if like one of the classes we took was like how to use words that start with the same letter or that rhyme? <laughs> because I care, they all start with the same letter, and, and I believe that these five words should describe this cycle that'll probably happen over and over and over again in every believer's life. Pain, unfortunately. Prison, we're going to talk about it. Pain, prison. Power, platform, purpose. All right, let's read. John chapter 4, verse 4. We read this a couple weeks ago. This is Jesus. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. We talked about the significance of that a couple weeks ago. It was about noon when a Samaritan woman came to draw water. And if you continue reading the story, and again, we did get into this a couple weeks ago, one of the things we know about this Samaritan woman is that she is dealing with the first of our five words. She's dealing with pain. She knows pain. As you get more into this story and you start to see what she's been through, this particular Samaritan woman who's about to have this conversation with Jesus, she's had five divorces. Most of us in here would say, I know what it feels like to have a broken heart because of a relationship of some kind. Some of you would say, I, I know what it feels like to go through divorce. I know how painful that is. I know that firsthand. She's had five. She knows what it feels like to go through really hard times, doesn't she? She knows what it feels like to be brokenhearted. She knows what it feels like to be lied to. She knows what it feels like to have someone say, I love you, and then later say, I changed my mind. She knows what it feels like to have someone say, I'll never leave you, and then watch him walk out. She probably knows depression, hopelessness. She knows that feeling of, I think I have to start my whole life over because this relationship went wrong. I can't believe this is happening to me. She knows what that's like. She knows sadness. She knows loneliness. Like, she knows pain. And I wanted to start out with, with this reality because the truth is, and we know this, but so do we. Every single one of us, whether you have faith in Jesus Christ or not, every single one of us in this life, we will experience pain at different levels at different times, right? J Jesus said it like this, John 16, the same author that records this story of Jesus at the well in Samaria says this, in this world, he recorded Jesus saying this, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And see, we know this. And look, I don't know all of you personally, but I know some of you, and I know what some of your stories are right now because I've been walking with you. And I know that there's some people in our church family right now that have had their entire life literally flipped upside down in one doctor's office visit. I know that there's people in our church right now that have gone through such painful relational difficulties that right now they can't believe I have to start over and I feel like this and I'm going through this and that didn't work out. Like, I can't believe this happened. 
I know there's people right now in our church family who have some financial stuff going on and honestly, they're looking at what's in front of them and they're going, there's no way this even makes sense. I don't see how it could possibly happen. There's people in our church family that are going through crazy tragedies and all kinds of painful situations. And so we need to talk about this. So the first word tonight is pain. And in John chapter four, what we find out is that this woman has done something that will be tempted to allow to happen in our own lives. She's allowed her pain to become a prison. She's allowed her pain to cause her to put herself in solitary confinement, quarantine herself, put herself in isolation because of what she's been through, because of what she's gone through. And, and again, we, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but it was, it's important to know that she came at noon because we can see right there, her pain is already becoming a form of a prison, a form of isolation in her life. She went at noon because nobody else would be there at noon. That's why she went at noon. Nobody goes to get water at noon. You don't go at noon. It's too hot. That's the hardest, hottest part of the day. You just don't do it. You go in the morning or you go in the evening when it's cool. You only go at noon if you're trying to avoid everybody, which is what she was doing. Because she's looking at her own life and she's thinking this, my life is so messed up. I can't be around anybody else right now. I have so much regret. I've been through so much. They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't want to hear it anyways. They, I wouldn't be welcome. Like, I'll keep this to myself. I'll just stay away from people. Her pain has become a prison. And see, we have to be careful because we'll be tempted to allow the exact same thing to happen in our lives today. I can't tell you how many people I meet with in my office and I, I hear just horrific things that people are going through. And oftentimes I'll, I'll say the same thing. I'll say, well, is there anybody in your life that's like going through this with you? Are there any other believers in your life that are, that are walking with you? locking arms with you, praying with you, supporting you. And you know what I hear more than anything else? You know what I hear? And you're going to know this one because you may have thought this one yourself. Here's what I hear. I don't want to be a burden to anybody else. So no. We think that, don't we? I don't want to be a burden to my family. So I'll just walk through this by myself. I don't want to be a burden to my friends. I'll keep this pain to myself. I don't want to be a burden to the people around me, right? They wouldn't understand. They wouldn't accept me. They wouldn't understand what I'm going through, how bad it is. What if they start treating me differently because of it? I'll just walk through this one by myself. And we allow our pain to become our own personal prison of isolation. Sometimes it's, it's not that I just want to avoid people. It's that I'm so angry, I feel like I have to. I've been hurt. I can't trust. I'll go through this by myself. I'm not taking this one to anybody. Sometimes it's, I'll go through this by myself because I'm so ashamed. I feel so stupid. I feel so guilty, so wrong. I don't want them to see me like this. 
I don't want to let him see me weak. I don't want to let him see me hurting. I don't want to tell people what happened again. So I'll just hold on to this pain by myself. Sometimes we feel like we don't deserve to be around other people. Sometimes we're too mad to be around other people. Sometimes we're too embarrassed to let other people in. And if we're not careful, we'll do what she did. We'll allow our pain to become a prison of isolation. And that's exactly what this girl's doing. But then Jesus steps in. And I love the way this passage starts because it said Jesus had to go to Samaria. Because he's fully man, but he's also fully God. And he knows exactly what's going on. He knows one of the people that I love, they're going to be at this well this afternoon. So I have to go there. Because she has been through so much pain that she's allowed it to become a prison. And I just won't let it happen. He, he walks in and he says, no, 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 not anymore. You're about to experience the power of God Almighty himself through his son. That's me, Jesus Christ. And when you experience my power, your pain doesn't have to be a prison. It can be a platform and have all kinds of God-given purpose attached to it. And, and it's going to start with her experiencing the power of Jesus Let's keep reading verse 11. They're, they're in the middle of a conversation at this point. Jesus has been talking to her about living water. He's been talking to her about things that she's been chasing down in life, trying to find purpose and trying to help her understand it just hasn't worked, has it? But I've got something that's different. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. You keep chasing purpose the way you have been. You'll find yourself feeling empty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, I want some of that. Sir, whoa, give me this water. If that's what you offer, I want that. And right then and there, she calls on the name of Jesus. She says, I want you. I want what you have. I want what you have to offer. I want what you're talking about. And she's going to have an experience with Jesus, and it's going to change everything. She's going to experience his power. And Red Rocks Church, I want to tell you today, I don't know exactly what you're going through, but here's what I do know. There is power in the name of Jesus. And that's available to us today. There's power in the name of Jesus. Listen to this. Philippians 2 says this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, under the earth. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's power in the name of Jesus. Luke 10, 17, the 72 return with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. 
When we use your name, when we call on your name, things change. There's power in the name of Jesus. And we need to be reminded of that because we go through tough times. And every now and then it's good for us to be reminded there's power in the name of Jesus. And we can call upon him and his power to intervene in our lives today. Chad and I, we have a new friend slash hero in our life. Her name is Gabrielle. In fact, would you put that picture up of Gabby? Is that a beautiful young girl? She is beautiful. She is brilliant. She is sassy. And Chad and I have become friends with her recently. And this was a post that her mom put on Instagram this past week. Let me read it to you, and you'll start to understand what Gabby and her parents and her amazing brothers and sisters are going through right now. One year ago... Our family was hit by the most tragic news we had ever experienced. We were told that Gabriella had leukemia and she would have to endure two and a half years of chemo. Instead of viewing her diagnosis as a tragedy, we are celebrating her strength, courage, and bravery. Gabs has endured 101 needles sticking in and out of her body, 85 chemotherapies, 20 blood transfusions, 46 overnight hospital stays, and the list just goes on and on. Gabriella still has 16 more months of chemo and needs more strength, courage, and bravery. I'm astonished at how she's faced this battle. So today we celebrate how far she's come and how much farther she will go. Gabriella, I pray you have a renewed sense of strength and energy, and that your joy never fades. Love, Mama. I was talking with Mama, Jen, Gabrielle's, Gabriella's mom, in the hospital this past week. And she said that right after the diagnosis, she said we were at home one night, and, and Gabby looked at me and she said, Mom, am I going to die? And she said, no, 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 baby, no. That's why we're doing these treatments. That's why we're, that's why you're going through all this. No, 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 no. And she said, Sean, she said, no six-year-old girl should have to ask her mom that. And she said, listen to this. She said, Gabby's faith will blow you away. She said, Gabby's always telling us that God's got everything under control. She was diagnosed when she was six. She's seven now. She said, but when she was six, three days into the diagnosis, they were in the hospital about to have a surgery so they could put a port in, in Gabby's chest So that just in year one, she could have, what is it? 85 chemotherapies. And Jen said, we're scared. And she said, I'm holding my six-year-old girl in my arms. And she said, Gabby just started saying the same thing over and over and over and over. She said, for almost two hours until the surgery. And she said, I listened in and I heard my daughter say this, in Jesus' name. 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 She said, you should see my daughter's faith. Red Rocks Church, I just met a seven-year-old girl who understands that no matter what you're going through, no matter what it feels like, no matter how scared you get, that there is power. When you call on the name of Jesus, he shows up in your life. That's the God we serve.
The woman at the well, she experienced the power of Jesus. And what she soon realized after that is, yeah, I've been through a whole bunch, but once I experience Jesus, my pain turns into a platform. Watch this, verse 28. Then leaving her water jar. You know how serious she has to be about what she's about to do to leave the water jar behind? The only thing she came there to do is to get water. She leaves the water jar. The woman went back to the town and said to the people, I mean, this is a miracle that she's just talking to these people. She came to a well at noon to avoid everybody because she's scared to death, but she just experienced the power of Jesus. So she goes back to the town and says to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and they made their way towards him. Here's what she figured out. Real quick, my pain, it's only my prison if I allow it to be. But if I'll ask for the power of Jesus to get involved in my situation, he will. And he changes things and he does get involved. And he brings grace and stir and strength and mercy and peace in ways that don't even make sense to my situation. And all of a sudden I blink and my pain becomes my platform, my opportunity to tell people about Jesus. Her pain became a platform. And I'm reading that this week and I'm thinking, Red Rocks Church, what if you and me started living this way? What if we stopped letting the stuff we've been through be a prison? And what if we started saying, in Jesus' name, what I've went through won't be wasted. Give me a platform and I'll tell somebody about you. Revelations 12, 11 says this. It's talking about the two things that defeat the power of Satan on this planet. They triumphed over him by the blood of the lamb. That's the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. And by the word of their testimony. I'm telling you, Red Rocks, it'll change some of your lives if you'd start praying this. My pain will become my platform in Jesus' name. You start praying that every single day, watch what starts happening in your life. Watch what starts happening in your spirit. Watch what God starts to do in you and through you. Would you say this prayer with me? My pain will become my platform in Jesus' name. My pain will become my platform in Jesus' name. At every location, I want you to say it like you mean it. My pain will become my platform in Jesus' name, that's it, Red Rocks. You start praying that. Watch what God will start doing in your life. We start looking for opportunities to share what God has done in our life. And when the power of the Holy Spirit meets with the power of our testimony, lives get changed for all of eternity. And once you start realizing that what I've been through, that my pain can become my platform, I believe that opens the door to the purpose that God has in store for you. That's what this lady in John chapter 4 found out. Watch this, verse 39. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That's the purpose. God says, look, that's what I did. See those people? Look at how many people just put their faith in Jesus. Their eternal lives just changed. People are going to heaven. Heaven is getting more crowded because you didn't allow your pain to be a prison. You decided to let it be a platform and be used by God for a purpose. And now people are going to heaven because of it. And it would change this girl's purpose for the rest of her life. She would never be the same. Think about this. She was going to a well at noon 
because she's so scared of everybody she lives around. She's so intimidated. She feels so guilty, so shameful, so worthless that she doesn't want to be around any of these people. And now, because of, because of the fact that she said, God, you use what I've been through for a purpose. For the rest of her life, her reality is now different. The whole town found Jesus because of her, because of her story. Which means she's going to be in the grocery store someday, just doing her thing, and somebody's going to walk up to her. Somebody that she used to be scared to death to even talk to, to even face. And they're going to come up to her and they're going to go, hey, excuse me, I'm, I'm so sorry. I know you're, I know you're shopping. I, listen, I, I just, I saw you and I didn't want to say anything, but then I, I did. And I just got to tell you, that, that day that, that you told us what you'd been through, and then you told us what Jesus did. My dad got saved that day. He's going to heaven. I just, I just saw you and I just want to say thank you. Because thank you. Our lives will never be the same. Sorry to bother you. I mean, this is her reality now. Someone's going to come up to her just walking down the street and say, look, that day when you decided to share your story, when you allowed God to speak through your pain, Nobody even knew what I was going through. I hid it from everybody. But I was so hopeless. I didn't even want to keep going. And then I heard what Jesus did in your pain. And I thought, if Jesus could do that for you, maybe he could do that for me. And I put my faith in Jesus that day. And my whole life's different. I just want to say thank you. Like, that's her reality now. And, and I'm studying this passage this week, and it, it hit me like, this is supposed to be all of our story. Do you know that? Like we don't build buildings and raise money and acquire property and open up campuses to produce audiences. We're not about building audiences, Red Rocks Church. We're building an army. We're building an army of Christ followers who say, I'm, I'm armed with the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus' name, and the power of my story. Let's go make a difference. Amen. That's who we're called to be. <laughs> not about audience. We're an army. And when you start to live this way, it starts to change things. I've seen it. I've seen it in my new friend, Gabriella. I've seen it in her parents. I've seen it in her brothers and sisters. And so Red Rocks Church, let me introduce you to Gabby. Thank you guys for being willing to share your story. Absolutely. And Gabby, thank you for sharing your story and your life and your faith with us. Mm -hmm. So for everybody at Red Rocks Church who doesn't know, um, could you sort of help catch us all up to speed on sort of the cliff notes of the journey that you've been on so far? Well, a year ago, almost a year ago to the day, um, little Gabriella here was diagnosed with leukemia. Um, she has the blood leukemia, ALL. Um, she has undergone numerous chemotherapy treatments, surgery. Uh, we've been in and out of the hospital more times than I can count. Um, she's been a trooper. She has the best attitude about it. Um, but she's seven. Yeah. You know, and uh, she was diagnosed when she was six. And, uh, you know, she has touched a lot of lives since her diagnosis. 
So we're gonna do chemo today? Yeah. Yeah? What do you think about that? making you better though? Yeah. Yeah, so that's a good thing. As parents, to, to see Gabriella go through this, it's it's the hardest thing. Mm. The hardest thing. You know, he we have other kids and we never had to once think of them dying. Which is like it doesn't even cross your mind, you know? You want to raise healthy kids, you want them to get married, you want to be grandparents. That person that you saw in that picture, every single person in that picture is smiling, except for me. Gabriella was sitting in a wagon attached to a pole, getting pumped fluids and, and things, and she was smiling. And I was just so angry. God, why, how could you do this to my daughter? How could you give my six-year-old girl cancer? The, you know, why not me? You know, my daughter loves you so much, why not me? That anger grew and grew and grew over the next few months. It took this to get me to see who I was you know, Gabrielle is gonna live, she's gonna survive this. Had she not gotten cancer, I don't know that I would have survived because I was getting darker and darker. She's a little, she's a cheater. Do you cheat in Uno? Maybe. Come on. Before she even got diagnosed, we were in the ER. Boom. And I was crying and I was holding her. And she goes, Mama, it's okay. She's like, God has us in his hands. And she had no idea what we were about to face. And so she comforts me. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. She has a childlike faith. She's what the Bible talks about. And that is like, whoa, that's my daughter. So she, she I see Jesus through her. Hey, if I slow down anymore, I'll be running to Chad's pit. But I mean, you can see now that, that my tears are now joyful because, you know, God is working. He's healing our daughter. He's, he's healing our children. He's protecting everybody. It gets easier the more she smiles, mm -hmm. you know, as she's got the joy of the Lord. And, and that strength that she has is filling us like, like you wouldn't believe. Mm -hmm. Your faith is something pretty special, isn't it, Gabby? Mm, I don't know last these two. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. It sounds like it's pretty special. Thank you. I thank you for the strength that you've given her today. And right now we pray in Jesus' name for your peace as she gets her access today. Peace, your word, your word says that you give us peace that doesn't even make sense. Peace when we feel like we can't have peace, when we can't relax. And so today I pray that Gabby would have that peace, that she would be able to relax and just know that everything's going to be okay. God didn't give my daughter cancer, but he's using the cancer to bless everybody else. And we're seeing it every day. We're seeing God in this every day. But if we keep it to ourselves, what's the point, you know? 
If, if we didn't let Gabriella speak to everybody about God, then what is the point? You know, if I didn't let God touch me and change me, and then I didn't tell anybody, then there's no point. So we have to take every test and turn it into that testimony. If I ever had any doubt in my mind of, of Jesus, if he existed, or if, if, if he loved me, or if he loved my family, if he loved Jen, whatever, if I ever had any doubt, I have zero doubt now, zero. There's no doubt in my mind that he loves us 100% and that he is, he, he's there. He has been there from, <laughs> from the very beginning. He's been there from the very beginning. There, it took darkness for me to to see his light. But <laughs> it's all I see now. You know? All right, you go for it. I love Jesus because I want to show him that I love him. So I You know, <laughs> Jesus is very, very proud of you. Because of your public profession of faith, because you've told all of us how much you love Jesus, and because you like telling all kinds of people how much you love Jesus, it is my absolute honor and privilege to baptize you in the name of the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. All right, girl, plug your nose. Pretty special little girl, isn't she? First time Chad and I met her at the hospital. I mean, we, we had barely known her, and she said, I love Jesus so much, I want to get baptized. I said, well, then let's get you baptized. Pain. Be tempted to let it become a prison. We call on the power of the name of Jesus. And we say, you take my pain and you turn it into a platform. Whoever you've put in my life, I'll go tell them what you've done to be a part of your purpose for my life. And I've watched this girl do that. I've watched her parents do that. I'm watching her siblings do that. Gabby, she knows pain at seven. I was talking with, with, with John, her dad, and he said, sometimes we're driving to the hospital. And he said, it breaks my heart because I'll look in the rearview mirror and I'll see Gabby in the back seat. And as cars are starting to merge onto the highway, Gabby will be in the back seat waving them in front of us. <laughs> he said, because see, she figures if more cars get in front of us, it'll take us longer to get to the hospital. 
Because when I get to the hospital, things happen that hurt. Things happen that are scary. When Gabby gets her treatments, she told me that she gets nervous. I said, I know what it feels like to, I know what it feels like to, to be nervous. Let's pray about that. She knows pain. But at seven, she's refused to let it become a prison for her. And she calls on the power of the name of Jesus nonstop. She tells her parents and everybody who will listen, it's going to be okay. God's in control. And you want to talk about a platform. Her parents said, everybody who comes in the room, doctors, nurses, everybody. Gabby says two things. Do you love Jesus and do you go to church? Recently, a doctor came in the room and Gabby said, hey, do you go to church? And the doctor was like, well, no. And she said, well, why not? And the doctor said, well, you know, I hadn't really thought about it, but I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe I should. See, Gabby just decided right now at this stage of life, I spent a lot of time in a hospital room. So guess what? Right now in this stage of life, a hospital room will be my platform. And I will tell anybody who comes into this hospital room about my Jesus. Our pain doesn't have to be a prison. It can actually be a platform that takes us towards the purpose that God has in store for us. What if you lived that way, Red Rocks? What if we did? What if we weren't just an audience, but an army? armed with the power of the Holy Spirit and the name of Jesus on our side, armed with the testimony and what he's already done in our life, and we got real serious, we'll change things. The cities that these churches are in will be changed forever because we just decided we're not just an audience, we're an army. And you want to talk about purpose. Oh, I'm learning so much from this seven-year-old girl. There's this thing called the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And maybe you've heard of it. And they come to places like Children's Hospital and they meet with children like Gabs. And they say, what's your wish? What's your one wish? You know, and kids say stuff like, you know, I wanna meet Peyton Manning. And they bring Peyton Manning in and they put on TV and what's your one wish? And so Gabby's been thinking for months, what's my one wish gonna be? What's my one wish gonna be? After everything she's gone through, after everything she's in the middle of. And she gets one wish. And you know what she said? Last Saturday, John, John and I were texting. He said, last Saturday, she out of the blue, she said, I got it. I know what my wish is. And of course, her parents are like, what? And she said, I want to preach at Red Rocks Church. <laughs> so Red Rocks Church, at every single location, will you get on your feet and help me welcome the youngest preacher to ever step foot on this stage, my friend, Gabriella. Come here. Red Rocks Church. My friend has a message for us. Hi, everybody. My name is Gabriella. And what I wanted to tell you is that you don't need to be afraid because Jesus has you on the palm of his hands.
One day when I was in the hospital, my doctors told me that I was going to have my surgery and I was very scared. But what helped me go through it the most was thinking of Jesus and saying in Jesus' name. That's why I got baptized, because I love Jesus. Thank you. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> we, we are so proud of you, Gabby. That's the best message that anyone's ever given at this church. I promise you that. Red Rocks Church, you don't have to be afraid because we got Jesus with us. And my friend wants to remind us all that we're in the palm of his hands <laughs> and there's power in the name of Jesus. Gabby, um, there's some other people in the church who have leukemia. There's some other people in the church who are sick there's some other people in the church that have had really hard times. So how about you and I pray for them? Would that be okay with you? All right, let's pray. God, I thank you that you're with us right now. I thank you that your spirit is here with us, that your presence is here with us. And I thank you that you still heal today. I thank you that according to your word, when you died on the cross, you not only paid the price for our sins, but you made a way for us to come to your throne room with confidence and to receive healing. Your word says, God, that by his stripes, we are healed today. And so I pray for everybody in this church family who's sick. And God, I pray that we would start to see physical, spiritual, mental healings, physical, miraculous healings in the name of Jesus. I pray that you would remind us nonstop that we don't have to be afraid, that you got us, and that we can call on you anytime we want, and there's power in your name. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Red Rocks Church, let's worship.